This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. This is part two of our uh, special evening with Phil Parks. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Parks. Um, Thank you very much. Thank you. Having struggled through a moratorium on the 2014-15 season, uh, we're now let off the leash and are basically able to talk about Phil and matters arising. Uh, so, uh, uh, first off, uh, Phil, uh, you you paid for uh, you paid for QPR for as long as you played for West Ham, uh, um, which, in a way, we all forget uh, as many games. Um, so, what was it like when the call came to come to West Ham? I, we obviously were in. You know, what's interesting to me is that we paid a world record fee for a goalkeeper, yet we were in the second division. Yeah, it's incredible. Isn't it's, it? it's amazing, isn't I, it? I think, first of all, um, slight adjustment because I actually played eleven years at West Ham and I was nine at QPR. Ah, but yeah. I actually played the same number of games. Uh, league games I never realised that until uh, Trevor Smith bless him who died recently um, from the Newham Recorder Trevor was the the, the, the reporter who covered West Ham for pretty much most of his life I think and um, he phoned me up one day and said do you realise he said you played 344 league games for West Ham and you exactly the same number for, for QPR, QPR. And I hadn't got a clue obviously but, yeah. but so that that was slightly longer but when when the call came I was at, I was at training ground um Training with Derek Richardson and Bob Wilson, who, who Bob was the trainer, uh, used to coach me, Bob, and he used to come down once a week. <clears throat> he worked at the Arsenal as well, and I love Bob. He was a really nice guy, very down to earth, but, but a very, very good coach. Mm. And um, we had a guy named Steve Burton, Sean. Now Steve was a very um, he's one we wouldn't want at West Ham. Let's put it that way. He was absolutely kind of. Like a negative, if you like, he was. He didn't really. He was very ineffective, and uh, he was taking the dog. He, he had his 
little poodle that he used to take walking around the training ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. ineffective. It's impressive. That's fairly ineffective. Well, it's, it's yeah. yeah. Anyway, he was taking the dog a walk around the training ground, and we was only the goalkeepers in because we used to have the Tuesday off and come in on a Wednesday, and the other players Tuesday, and they have off on a Wednesday. So, and he went to me. He said, "Oh, Phil," he said, uh, he was talking to Bob because it was Steve Birchall who used to work at Arsenal. Got Bob in, and so well, he said, "Come to see me before you go." He said, "I've got to see you. I must see you before you go." Uh, and we were sitting in the bath after training and I was, we were talking and QPR was really struggling they were in the relegation battle mm. and this, this was February and uh, Bob Wilson says was that the top flight or the second flight they were in we in, the, in the first division yeah. Um, yeah and West Ham were obviously were in the second yeah yeah um, and so basically uh, Bob, me and Bob were sitting in the bath and Bob was saying well it's really important he said that the only chance they've got of getting out of relegation is that you are absolutely in top form. You know, you've got to really be there every game. He said, you've got to play the best that you possibly can. <laughs> Someone's dropped a contact lens. It's a very rare, <laughs> very rarely pub. It's one of the old-fashioned contact lenses. <laughs> Hard contact lens. Oh, it's all right. He's got a full contact oh, lens. Oh, that's good. Yeah, oh, it's just yeah, come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, 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 he, uh, you know, and I went, oh, Bob, I've got to go up and see Steve. I said, you never know. I might be on the move. And he went, no. He said, I don't think so. Anyway, Bob Wilson was, it was when he was doing Football Focus for, for the BBC. If you remember, he used to do Football Focus. When did he stop playing? Oh, Bob. Yeah. Oh, Golden. Oh. 72, yeah. So yeah, the 70s, yeah, one yeah, it, he was, yeah. bless him. But, but yeah, so he was, he, was doing the, he was doing the Football Focus. Yeah. And so little did he know the next time he was going to see me was on the Friday when he was interviewing me at West Ham. But, um, you know, he nearly <laughs> crashed his car the next day when they actually announced it. But I went back to, to see Steve Burnshaw. He said, oh, there's a club coming for you. We're not going to sell you. He said, but Jim, Gre- Jim wants to see you. Now, Jim Gregory was the chairman and he did everything. Mm. He did everything at the club. I mean, like, he handled everything. So if you ever wanted a new contract... You never had to negotiate like an agent. You just went to saw Jim. You said you wanted 50 quid a week, right? So you said to Jim you wanted 100 quid. He said, no, you can't have that. You can have 50 quid. So I said, OK, that looks good enough. So you come out happy with what you got. He knocked you down, so he was happy. Everyone was happy. It was, it was easier times. And so Jim said, he said, we've had an offer. He said, it's a very good offer. Um, from West Ham United. And as soon as he said West Ham United, I went, ah, oh, Jim, I said... I'm not going to move across London. He said, we don't want you to move across, he said. But they've made an approach, he said, and we have got um, an obligation to actually let you speak to them mm-hmm. and, uh, and discuss um, terms, everything else. But, you know, the, the final decision is yours, but we don't want you to leave. He says, so, you, you know, John Lyle wants to come and meet you. And I'd never met John in my life. And so anyway, I rung my wife, Lavinia, who's here tonight, and I said to her, I said, but make yourself sorted out, get the kids sorted. I said, because, and one of the kids is here as well, Marie, bless her, she was the one who always played up. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so basically, uh, um, I said, uh, I'll be home in a minute, we've got someone coming round. And she went, you're not on the move. I went, I can't discuss it on the phone. I said, I'll be back in a bit. So I went home, and I live where I live now, in Wokingham. Um, and uh, a little while later, John, John Lyle and Eddie Bailey come, and I had absolutely no intentions of signing for West Ham. Now, that, that's the gospel truth. Mm. No intentions whatsoever. Yeah, what, I mean, what, you know, because obviously they're in the second flight. They're, they're in thinking, the second division. So a second flight team is coming in for me. Yeah. You know. And, you're gonna, yeah. and you go, well, we're in the first division. Um, but when I met the man, 
<laughs> I don't know if you ever, any of you ever had the pleasure or the privilege of actually meeting the man. He was absolutely amazing. He was unbelievable. You hear this again and again, don't you? You would not believe what kind of a person yeah. he was. He would have been a success in whatever he wanted. He could have gone into politics, he'd have been Prime Minister, I think. He'd have made a great England manager. He was just mm. so level-headed, so... He knew how to manage people, manage men, and that was the big thing. Mm, a, lot mm. of, a lot of people can, are good coaches, but he was only just a, a, a fantastic coach. He was a fabulous manager. We hear these man. stories of him just driving up in his car with a fag on all the way. Wardy, <laughs> Wardy, you know, Wardy says, you know, he drives up the motorway, you know, yeah. uh, you know sort of a fag on in his car, the car full of cigarette smoke, gets out, sits in his, like, mum and dad's kitchen with yep. him and going, uh, uh, once you go, and play with the hammers, come down and sits and talks to him. I think Dix talks about his car full of cigarette smoke and he goes and sits in his car full of cigarette smoke and he convinces him to come and play for West Ham. It, it is, it's just, but that was what he was like. Yeah. So within, within half an hour of talking to the, the guy and we, we chatted and we talked and it's his ambition, it was his vision that, that he put across. Um, he was prepared to, when he told me the, the, the actual fee, uh, and, you know, he said it's a new world record fee, and it smashed the other one by probably two hundred grand at least. Yeah, amazing. And that was Shelton who was the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, before. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm thinking, God, he he really really wants me to sign. And and he, he had this vision of, of you're the first one I want. He said we've got to get we got we got a good. He said we got a good defence. He said a good. You know, you have the spine down the side. He said we've got a good. Mm-hmm. It's fine, he said, but you're the first one in my new... First piece of the jigsaw puzzle. He said, yeah. well, I want that. I want you to put that in. He said, and then we're just going to build from there. Uh, and obviously then he brought Ray Stewart in the August, mm-hmm. which was which was fantastic. Yeah. He made him the most expensive teenager in the world. Uh, and, and again, what a, f- a fabulous buy and player yeah, he was. Boy. You know, you yeah, know an yeah. amazing... The be- uh, to me, the best penalty taker that I've ever, been, I've ever yeah, seen yeah. in my life, you know. What's interesting about this is that, as well as the kind of philosophy... He wanted. Yeah. Well, he wanted. Yeah. He wanted to get back into the first division, and he wanted. He. I think the thing is with John, you have to remember that John. What we were talking about earlier. He's got pride. He's got passion. He loved the club. He loved the fans. Yeah, because yeah. he'd been at the club for you know, you know he'd probably like been at the yeah, club yeah. for twenty odd years yeah. anyway. Yeah. He didn't you know he, he had to he had to retire as a player. Then he then he started off in the post room. Then Ron Greenwood took him under his wing yes. and turned him into a great coach. And I think the West Ham way unfortunately died or ended when John was sacked. And I think and I don't think we've ever yeah, he was ever, there for a we've never of, seen it since. He was there for a total of thirty something years. It was and yeah, and, yeah, and, and so it, it, this this he brought to you and he he he, he came to to me and you know, I went away and you, and you thought to yourself and we both thought about it um, that he's so passionate about West Ham that it comes across. And he makes mm-hmm. you want to believe yeah. in that very vision that he's got. You know, the, and, yeah. and, to, and he proved to be right, which was that, that's the lovely thing. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. He would talk about. Um, Sorry about that. I've uh, I had a, I had a curry. <laughs> this obsession with talking about football. You would know, sit in, the, sit in you know, the, the game would be over, and then he'd sit in the car park with Ron Greenwood, talking about just talking about football for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And when you when you actually, uh, these are the things we're getting a little bit teased and excited about some of these names that are being mentioned for manager now. Because when you read about Bielsa and when you read about Emery and people, they do they have this obsession. They have this kind of passion for just watching football. 
football, talking about football, thinking about it the whole time. And I feel that we're a club that needs that kind yeah. of not not this kind yeah. of dry statistical analysis of how many times you put the ball in the box, all that kind of it's passionate about how you yeah. play football yeah. Yeah. how yeah. you how you you know it's still it's still scientific it's still about you know what's the most effective way of playing but it's also got it's also got a heart it's head and heart isn't it it's it's, it's, well it together. is I mean some, sometimes the, the head and the heart you know as well as a bit of effort they can get you results they can get you mm-hmm. through things when we when we won the cup final in 1980 when we went into that game no one I mean if you, uh, you as fans you must have thought well yeah we're going to win the cup but deep down in your hearts we were playing one of the top sides mm-hmm. certainly in a yeah. country not in yeah. Europe yeah. then you think to yourself if they, if they perform we haven't really got any chance the only people that really really knew was us as players we mm. had the belief and yeah, that yeah. was a big difference we had the belief that we were going to go out there and then John Lowell came up with that master plan it's a stroke of genius half an hour before the kickoff, and he tells Stuart Pearson and he never knew before then that he was going to play in behind David Cross you can play David Cross up front on his own play Stuart Pearson in the hole behind him mm-hmm. and then we'd have mm-hmm. the, the midfield and the defence and it was just a stroke of genius and Don Howe was the master tactician they hadn't got a clue what to do hmm. uh, you know and, but we had that belief that we were going to win it everybody said to you ah oh, yeah you're turning up did you're you did you out. talk to the young lad Paul Allen oh all, yeah all yeah, the time yeah, I t- yeah. you know, I'm going to tell a lovely story about him because I, I, Paul he's because he's, he's <laughs> he obviously moved on to Spurs and he, he's got this f- thing in his head that West Ham fans hate him because he's gone to Spurs I want to get him on I said for God's sake Paul I said they love you I said you Part, you're part of West Ham folklore. I said, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You never yeah, get yeah. him here. But he's he's such a lovely guy, and, he, and, he, and he's often asked about the, the, the Willie Young thing. You know, when he's going through, uh, and he's through, and he's clean through on goal. Uh, and he said, he said he's going through. He said, and all of a sudden, he said he can hear Willie Young behind him. He says, but he looks up and he says, he sees Pat Jennings coming out, and Big Pat just sort of does this, <laughs> and he goes, I can't see any of the goal. He said, I don't know. What <laughs> he said. He said, no, somebody said, I got, I said, no, of us, and then my legs have gone. And he said, oh, thank fuck for that. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he said, because if I'd have missed it, he said, if I'd have missed it, yeah, yeah. if I'd have missed that, he said, West Ham, they'd have killed me, West Ham fans would have killed me. Yeah, but yeah. He's so honest, genuinely honest about that it. That moment was very sort of instrumentally influential, wasn't it, in this move to bring in the red car for the professional fans? I yeah, think so. It was, it was the most sort of an iconic moment. Really, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, a young lad, the youngest player to ever play at Wembley yeah. at that time um, yeah. would probably he, he, yeah. well hopefully he should have gone uh, a law that Mr Hackett never understood uh, no, no. No, no. no if you tell if you tell Gailey about that Mr Hackett yeah. you know a sort of a, 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 a kind of ruling that I think really annoys me at the moment is the the good old fashioned we were talking about him Bob Wilson role you know where you sort of come out go at someone's go at someone's feet and now if the momentum takes you through the player you can have a fucking penalty and, uh, and I mean uh, well, that, that you know as long as you, 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 you get the ball first you're alright yeah, yeah, yeah but, you know you have to touch the ball first but actually it be. seems now yeah. that if they get the ball and their just momentum carries them through it's still a pen you know there's, well, no, a, there's some nasty dodgy. ones given I think yeah. I think goalkeepers have a hard time now. Um, they, they, they we had a hard time when I was playing. Mm. Remember Clive Thomas? What? Hey, remember him? Yeah. Clive? yeah. Mm. Twat. Oh, you Thomas in disguise. What a twat he was, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
He was the referee who disallowed that goal in, in the World Cup, in the wasn't World he? Cup when Brazil, it was actually yeah. oh, on the way into the goal. Yeah, he's big in Brazil, yeah. It's unbelievable. In the corner, from a corner, he blew it the corner. Brazil, Sweden, edited, wasn't it? Uh, edited, yeah. edited yeah. in, and he already blew the whistle. Oh, he, he, uh, he hated us, and he hated... Um, he hated me in particular as well, I think. Yeah. He had a certain thing against me. But I don't know what it was. But he actually, if you remember the, cut, the League Cup final when Sammy Lee was lying on yeah. the penalty spot, Indeed, and yeah. he, ducked, yeah. he looked up yeah. and then ducked so the ball wouldn't hit him. And uh, I spoke to, said to Clive Thomas this after the game. And, but, but what happened during the game was uh, he was walking away with. Uh, he, he'd walk back towards. A, he'd give the goal, he's walking back to the halfway line, and I'd got the ball out of the net, and I've half volleyed it at him. And it's whistled past his head about this high. It's gone <laughs> seriously, and he's, he's, he's come to me afterwards, and he went, uh, "You kicked that ball at me after the goal, didn't you?" I said, "Yes." And he went. Uh, he went. Um, You'd have been very sorry. He said, uh, "Had that hit me?" I said, "Clive." I said, "I'm already sorry." He went, "And so you should be." I said, "I'm fucking sorry. I missed you." <laughs> John Lyle called him a cheat as well. I mean, John Lyle would never say anything about, bad about anyone. He called him a cheat as well. Wow. But he was such a horrible piece of work. Yeah. yeah so he, everyone, there was a hundred thousand people in that stadium. They'd all gone to see him, not the two, not Liverpool on that stadium. And that's yeah. what he was yeah. like. He was horrible. That, do you feel that? Do you feel that's more and yes. more true of referees? I think it's. I think the standard of refereeing now is absolutely. It was terrible atrocious. this season, wasn't it? it really, absolutely really atrocious. Bad. Yeah. I mean, the number of times that people get sent off. And that's yeah. the wrong one. Yeah, yeah sending yeah. off the wrong yeah. people. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton. Hey, Lewis Hamilton. So that team, the 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 team that grew from obviously because you came in '79, the team that sort yes. of grew into the boys of '86 team. It seems that there is, you know, the fact that. Um, you still do kind of talks as that team. There seems to be a fantastic set of characters in that team. Um, you know, I think part of the reason we like Adrian is that he's a character. Yeah. Uh, Schmeichel is a character. Do yes. you think that, I mean, do you think that it's a bit chicken and egg? Do you think uh, goalkeepers sort of like young goalkeepers slowly grow a character or do you think they're characters already and they become a goalkeeper? I, I think... I think... I actually think you grow in to be a character. I think as a goalkeeper, you, you, you've got to be slightly mad, as they always say, to be that, mm-hmm. to be a goalkeeper. But once you're into that, then you're learning your trade. And if you've got anything about you, then like, like Adrian now, he is, he is becoming a character. He is becoming yeah. a character that the fans associate with. And they think they did with me as well. I mean, that was yeah, the thing. Yeah, Ludo was another one that they yes. took to. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's a big thing. You well, know, if you get the fans on you, your side... Because you play with a smile on your face. It's all like, the time, you've got to. My mental image entirely <laughs> from that period yeah. is you seem to be smiling. for all the, It's like playing football is fun. You well, know? that's what it's yeah. like. You would, you would quite often make a brilliant double save and laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I'll you know, the fucking only they'll stop that. But post Schmeichel, post Schmeichel, what happens a lot now is that keepers make a save and then they get up and immediately scream, scream at, at everybody. Yeah, you go, it's like everyone else has thought that I've had to make a save, whereas you made a save and get up and sort of have a bit laughing. of a laugh with Alvin or Tony or, yeah. or with the attacking player. You know, it's um, like. Cool. What's what's happened? Sorry, sorry. I was say, did you always want to be a goalie? 
Yeah, yeah, right, no, right from the very, very, very start. I mean, I, I was actually quite a good outfield player, but I hated running around. <laughs> I really did. I mean, yeah, any, any manager that I've ever had, if John was here, he'd tell you, I hated running. I really hated running with a passion, but uh, but that's why I ended up getting stuck in goal. But also, I think I found that I had a, na- a natural knack for it as well. You know, you, yeah. you, I didn't hurt myself so as well. Which is... I was going to say, what's happened to the double save? They used to happen all the time in the seventies. There was Jim Montgomery in the nineteen seventy-three Cup final, and there's, you, you made some absolutely brilliant <laughs> double saves. Like the way you, you've saved the, the, the save the initial shot, the rebound, you're up on your feet, and you, you save, save the, the next second one. shot. That never happens. Anymore. I don't think they were. We used to work on it. I mean, seriously, because if anything happened, you'd bang. You'd you actually, you probably wouldn't work on a rebound side because to actually get that to happen, it, you could be you could be practicing for for an hour and you yeah. get two in there. But you would you would have two or three balls and you get one up. So you make the same, then you're back on your feet, and then you get another shot at you. So you practiced it. Do you think they're not doing that anymore? Then I, I'm not what? sure. I, I've it's never weird. seen goalkeepers working there, but I don't think they can work at the same things that we used to work. At. I think coming out of people's feet, um, they do this, you know, almost like the star jump, which, which was Michael brought that in. Yes, he um, did, yeah. And if you've got a good player, he's just going to go, ah, and just roll it along the floor. Yeah. And it's in the net, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, they yeah, don't yeah. spread themselves like we used to. I mean, yeah. you, you, come from, you, you come from a generation where, where we, all, we all thought at the time growing up, I was just going to be English goalkeepers are the best. And Scottish goalkeepers are basically a joke, and more or less everyone else is rubbish. I mean, even Brian Clough bought into that when he called Tomaszewski a clown, didn't he? And that, yeah, that. Um, he played brilliant. Uh, and now it doesn't. You know, we seem to struggle to find a world-class goalkeeper. I mean, you 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 came up. You know, you had Shilton, Clements, Joe Corrigan. I mean, some yep. fantastic yeah, goalkeepers it was. at your time. I mean, you would. Have walked into the England team. If it were, you, you, do you feel unlucky to have grown um, up in that? I generation? feel unlucky, but I also feel privileged. I mean, I've got, I've got one cap, um, which mm. um, they couldn't. Uh, they've always said they can't take away from me. No, no, no. Um, and, and that one cap, I mean, David James has got about fifty. Caps, but that one cap means more, cap, more to yeah. me yeah. than no, it. No, you're it's quite right. Because if that. he was playing yeah. in my era, then he wouldn't even. No, he wouldn't even had a sniff. Would no, he? so no. There's, a, there's a lot of it, but it's, it's, it's different. I think. I think we talked about the continental goalkeepers coming in when they first started to come into this country. They came in for one reason and one reason only. They were cheap. You know, if you went to buy an English goalkeeper, it cost you say six hundred thousand. You bought someone like Ludo. They bought Ludo for three hundred grand. Now, I mean, that's amazing. You know, so yeah, I mean, they're not always good, but they're half price of what an English goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. And that started bringing the influx of the the foreigners in, and then that stops the youngsters then getting the chance to get into the first team. I played my debut at Warsaw when I was eighteen. Uh, Shilton was 17 at Leicester, I think, and Ray Clements yeah. was 18 at Scott Yeah, We had Neil Finn. Yeah. Hey? Neil Finn, do you remember him playing? Nope. Made his debut at Man City when he was 17. Yeah, you see, and it's, it's all about yeah. that. But, you, yeah. you know, the ones that, like, I think that, like the ones who talked about him, Joe Corrigan, they've all, we all started very young and then got in and, and but you, you, were given a, you were given a chance you were given and you a chance and, and the thing is not ev- there weren't cameras at every ground no so, never. so never. the thing is that you know mistakes get, get looked at more than anything else don't they so goalkeepers 
now that they're under incredible pressure, aren't they? In the sense that you, well, every, you everything, one every, mistake everything and everybody filmed. looks at it from different angles, and it's it's also quite it also works should work in your favour as well because if you let a goal in, you could, you should if you if you you're worth your metal at all, you you should be able to analyse that from five or six different angles and go. I ain't never going to do that again. I'm not going to let a goalie like that again. You know, so it it can work in your favour. But yes, you can't hide. You know, I mean. That's, yeah. that's, that is one you thing ma- I remember. I mean, your style was. I mean, you made some great saves with your feet. I mean, you were the kind of you were massive, weren't you? The, you, 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 you say Schmeichel invented. You say it still Schmeichel is, invented Jim. the kind. Well, it still is. Um, say Schmeichel invented the kind of <laughs> spread yourself thing. But you, would, mm. you, you would, like. It didn't matter which bit of your body you saved. It, I, I think it? the perfect kind of, example of that. I learned that not. Lo- I didn't learn that from 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 Pat Jennings. But Pat Jennings was always a kind of goalkeeper that I, I yeah. admired everyone yeah, he said you know well, he must have loved Gordon Banks and I thought Gordon was a great goalkeeper was a great international goalkeeper I thought Gordon Banks was possibly the best in- international goalkeeper there's ever been but but as a club goalkeeper Pat Jennings was superb yes. yeah. because mm-hmm. he didn't care he, he, you know if he was well, my, and he'd stop it with his feet you yeah. look at the goalkeepers now I mean they actually go with their feet Begovic instead of going down with their hands they slide the foot out like yeah. a mm-hmm. like an ice hockey yeah. goalkeeper yeah. you know yes yes that's, right. that's, yeah, yeah. that's all wrong that's yeah, all wrong yeah. you know yeah. I mean, they shouldn't yeah. be doing that yeah. I mean the one that I like and I I, I th- still think he's the best goalkeeper and it, and it does pay me to say because of who he plays for but it's Lloris yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, good. He very he's good. so good. quick yeah. off his line, but he spreads yeah. himself. Yeah. He's, a, he's almost a throwback. Yes. When you, when you say we difference between kind of club goalkeeper and international goalkeeper, is that because, you know, I mean, but it always feels to me as though, you know, West Ham keepers have to make a lot of saves, don't they? It comes with the job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, whereas in, in many ways, you know, in many ways, you, you think back to that game against, say, that World Cup game against Poland where Shilton actually let the ball in under his body, didn't he? did, he? yes, yeah. Um, it's, it's that sort of sense of being able to concentrate for a long period of time, even when actually you, know, you don't touch the ball. I think the most... Every, you know, when that moment comes, You've got to you've be, got to be ready. The most important thing for a goalkeeper, I think, is not how many amazing flashy saves you make, um, uh, and and the art of goalkeeping is not to make the easy things look hard; it's to make hard things look easy. Yeah, yeah. But the the biggest thing is the amount of mistakes you actually make, the consistency that you can have. Yeah. Uh, if you're not noticed in a game and you still make two or three saves. That's good goalkeeping. What did you think of Rob Green? I like Rob Green very much. The same thing, I always do. And, uh, I, 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 I tell you a lovely story. I did a thing this earlier this, uh, right early on this season. And um, Rob, uh, we did a thing at QPR's training ground, and it was for there. It was oh, for, oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, for QPR's kind of similar podcast, or yeah, it was actually yeah. for their website, I think, and it was all that. And he said, um, and they interviewed, and they said, Rob, they said, well, obviously, Rob, you obviously have heard about this man sitting alongside you. He said, heard about him. He said, I spent all the years at West Ham, he said, and everyone used to remind me, you know, at least, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, at least yeah, once yeah. a week about him. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. He said, did I get transferred to keep me eye? He said, I'm coming into the ground. He said, the first thing I fucking see is a fucking photo of this a full-size photograph of him on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was brilliant. He was like, he was laughing about it. I but, tell you what know. I liked about Robert Green was that even though he wasn't the tallest player in the world, there's a real vogue for punching instead of catching. Um, Greeno would catch, catch. quite often. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does, and, and it's good. It's like he's actually such a vogue for punching he's, now. He's actually they, well, they, they punch before they catch now, whereas in our day 
you, you try to catch yeah, it. Yeah, you try to you catch could, it. Yeah. You punch it. But, yeah. but what I like about Rob Green is he does come from crosses because uh, I've, again, watched him quite a lot. Hmm. Yeah, but I've been watching a few of their games and, um, and he does try that. Uh, and one of the biggest things is the character that he had to bounce back after that yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah. was phenomenal. I just said that. I said that to him. I said, you know, I said I had the utmost respect for you after that because not many people could have done that. You know, it was no, it was no, horrendous. No. He should have played. He should have played. Yeah, 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 of course, he would. Well, he was told. He was told two hours before the game that he was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the, the degree to which there was bad management in, in, yeah. in that whole thing. Yeah. But I felt, you know, I what I had to what I was in a. I won't go into the details, but I had to watch that on the telly in a room full of Liverpool and Newcastle fans, and. You know, oh God! I just, and the thing I was trying to get across them, the great thing about the irony of that, because the great thing about uh, Green was he, he was so consistent for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Didn't make me, didn't make mistakes, didn't always save goals that you thought, oh maybe you should have saved that, but he never really dropped a real ricket. No, no. And that and that's why that that moment was so. I was watching it like probably all of you watching on the telly, and I, I could not believe it. I thought, yes, I don't believe what I've just he seen because no, he doesn't do that. Um, but then they say he come back. He even interviewed him after the game, which was very brave. I mean, if it had been, to be honest, if that had been me, I'd have told the yeah. reporter to yeah. f off and that's yeah, yeah, it. I ain't yeah. coming out there. Yeah. But he was, he yeah, was and I loved him. And when we were, we were at the way end at, at QPR, and he came out in the second half and gave us the cross hammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. He, he's all right. He's, yeah. he's, all right. Had, he's had a good keeper. Season. Good keeper. Yeah, he's, he's done had well. He's made some great saves. He's had an amazing season, QPR. I mean, it's not his fault that they've gone down. Believe me. Should we do a bit of Q and A now? Should we do a bit of Q and A? Q and A. Who's got a question. Uh, was there uh, Craig, you've got a question. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, you've not been listening. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yes. This week, I was I have to sum this question up because you're not yeah, mic'd so up. Keep it short. Sure. <laughs> keep, try and keep it short. Cut a long story short. The ball came at me. I hit the floor and squealed like a little girl. Okay. Now, you as a person, to be a goalkeeper, the balls can get shot right in your face. Is that something in your psyche? Are you fearless? Or is that something that was... Getting hit by a football. You, you don't even think about it. Seriously, you just do not. You know, to somebody like there's a melee on the floor and there's feet flying everywhere. You just dive in there and and if you, if you can if you can take a few, you know, get your elbows into some of their calves and all that lot. So be it as well. You know, the heavier water sodden ball. The heavier water sodden ball of the seventies must have been that. Then Taking a hit from one of them must have been. No, I think you're you're, you're mix, mixing me up with Ernie Gregory, or you know, that's a little Jim, bit before my time. Oh, we didn't, yeah, we yeah, didn't have yeah. we yeah. didn't have the big water sodden balls. They were they were still quite. They were still yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not oh. as light as they are now. But no, 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 no. But, but yeah, but were, it, it would. Yeah. But still, people. Yeah. I, I'll often look. I even saw it on Saturday at Newcastle. Jenkinson, the second goal. He's gone. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, thank you. No, that's not going to hurt you. Stand there. Yeah. If it hits you in the balls, it, yeah. you know. Stuart Downing. It's a bit of a thrill. Proper, You're there for a while. Proper pussy, Stuart Downing. Yeah, never you know, bloody, he, he, never bloody 
really goes into it. Uh, Christian Daly in uh, the was it the playoff final against Ipswich where Christian Daly took a clearance into his nuts. And stood then, up and, then got up and, and scored, scored and then went down. Yeah, yeah. He trapped a ball with his testicles, <laughs> then kicked it into the yeah, other team's goal. I love yeah, that. Yeah. That's that's good. Uh, yeah, Craig. Yeah, um, what did you think of um, Graham Souness's uh, comment about West Ham being a the West Ham way and the yo-yo? What did you think about Graham Souness's comment about the yo-yo club? What is the West Ham way? When was this? When did he say oh, this? When it was just at the weekend of oh. the Newcastle game. Oh, yeah. before that. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Oddly, uh, defending West Ham in the same interview was Jamie Carragher. Right. Uh, strangely. And Jamie I, I, Redman. I have, to, I have to admit, I didn't see that, but... Yes. Right, okay. And, and I, I believe I, I said to you earlier. I think the West Ham way finished when, when, when Lyle, when they sacked John Lyle and brought in the po- poison dwarf. Remember him, the poison dwarf. Hey, Macari, yeah. What? Oh, he couldn't manage a chip. He couldn't manage a chip shop. By the way, he was. Yeah, yeah. He was the worst manager. We're not a yo-yo club at all. I mean, I, when you look at the the situation. Hull have gone up and down recently. Norwich have done it. Um, Watford, Hull. Watford. They've all they've all had a little go at it. West Ham, when they get in there and have a little run. I mean, when we got up, you know, it's normally ten years or whatever that you have a little spell at there. Yeah, and touch wood, we don't plummet and then plummet. No, I mean, we, you know, three years, uh, seventy-eight to eighty-one is kind of the longest. Yes, uh, in recent memory. <laughs> Why do we think that? Why do we think you're right? It's not right. Someone said lazy journalism in the crowd, and and that's absolutely right. It's just a kind of bunch of. It's just a sort of set of cliches. Somebody posted up some uh, in one of the um, I don't know who's on the Facebook group or one of the forums some statistics which show categorically we're not a yo-yo club. We're we're nowhere near, and we are one of only eight clubs never to have played football. Below the second tier. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We've got numerous ex-players who are pundits now who have got nothing to say. They've got go-to phrases for every single club, and our go-to phrases. Oh, you know, they don't know what they they don't know what they've got. Absolutely. It's so lazy. Yeah, yeah. 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 very lazy. Yeah, just saying. Some of the audience. Yeah. 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 Who's who's saying? Phil was saying. Phil was saying. I don't think there's a sort of. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think, uh, we were just, we were just saying um, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, um, absolutely. I mean, it's it, a, it's, it's, I mean, they, they said it the weekend again. I watched it. What was it? Um, Murphy, wasn't it? He said. Be careful what you wish for. And yeah, you go, for God's sake. Yeah. I think uh, there's, there's, a, there's a notion that West Ham fans, uh, somehow we, we, we feel that we should be challenging for the Champions League. We're happy to be, you know, between positions 7 to 12, but play just entertaining football. And yeah. if we sort of, you know, creep into those top six places, it's like, you know, there's a feeling... Also, There's a lazy thing about, especially you know, any sort of anti-Sam feeling that oh, West Ham fans think they should be winning the championship, uh, Champions League every year. No one's no, no, no. position no. seven to twelve will be fine. You know. Yeah, I, I, I think that seriously, one of the things that 
has never really been taken too seriously why Big Sam's here is the cups, the cup runs because yeah, he, he messes well, about, yeah. changes the teams around, doesn't take the the importance of, of, of a cup run because why? Because I would make Alan Pardew look like a Sunday school teacher. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have, I'd have the fuckers up against the wall every time they walk through the door because. I see, I watch every game at Upton Park and the amount of effort that goes in there sometimes, I tell you what, I think it's shite. And I would actually be, I would, I would, I would end up, I'd end up punching them, I'd have someone up against the wall. And so they would then, you know, Alan Taylor, we're doing something with Alan Taylor, we do, we do tours around the ground and Alan said, uh, and uh, someone said something and Alan said, well, what, what would you do? To a player who, you know, who said it, I said, I said, after the game, I said, what I'd do, is I said, when you get out of hospital next week, you come and see me, <laughs> and we'll fucking talk about it. Because I couldn't, I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle the stuff that, they, the effort they put in, that's not, that's not how we were brought up as players, and, and our teams, with John Lyle and that, he didn't actually instill all that into us, it was there. No. And I think that's so wrong now, you know, and it's, it's, it's disrespecting you lot, disrespects the club, and I think that, that is the big thing, and you shouldn't, there's no, there's no room for it. Like the perfect example, what Phil was saying is, we don't expect to win the league, we don't expect to win the Champions League, no. but to have a really good cup run, maybe get to Wembley, and when we went to Wembley with a playoff final, we showed exactly what West Ham fans can do. We took it over, didn't we? Yeah, totally. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah, it is, but yeah, you don't yeah. want to be there. You want to be yeah. in the top league. Yeah, yeah. But you want yeah. to be in the top league and having fun the same thing. You know, okay. and that's I, st- I still. All right. Yeah. Okay. Can, can we just can we just move it on a little bit? I've, yeah. I've, I've just got a, two questions really. One: What yeah. was it like having another Phil Parks playing in goal the same time as you were playing? Because <laughs> <laughs> there were two of you, weren't there? There was. Maybe a few of the oh, other people who don't know. They probably don't. But I mean, it's really weird because the, the name Parks is very synonymous with. Um, part of um, the, the black country. Um, if you're a carpenter and you've ever fitted a lock in the door, you'll probably find that it's a parks lock or whatever, Ooh, you know, so yeah. there's a big factory up there, right? Okay, so he was born in West Bromwich um, and I was born in Sedgley, which is probably around about 10 miles apart. Uh, he was a little bit older than me uh, and got into the first team at Wolves mm. and I was actually at the time just like leaving school and so I'd actually gone and I was played... On a Saturday, he played in the first team at the Molyneux, and I played in the fourth team for Wolves, um, you know, somewhere obscure, you know, whatever, at the training ground or wherever. And, you know, I think that's got to be totally unique that it's the first time. Yeah. And I actually played, I never played against him twice. No, so yeah. and I've got the Phil Parks and goal and Phil Parks and goal. And they, yeah, yeah. they used to say, he must be quick. He gets up <laughs> <laughs> Goes from one end to the other. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing I wanted to ask wrong were they? is you made an enormous number of unbelievable saves. Is there any one particular save, whether it was important or was just particularly amazing that stands out for you? Uh, it's very difficult because I'm asked this a lot and and, it, and I I will make a save. I used to make saves and I'd make a save and I think, oh, jeez, I'm proud of that. And, and like, Bonzo would come over and go, oh, that was easy, wasn't it? And then you, then you go, and then I, I'd make a save and then they'd come over and go, which I thought was quite easy and straightforward and Bonzo, and they'd all come over and go, how the hell did you stop that? <laughs> and, you know, so it's like perceptive, you know, yeah. whatever everyone's seen. But when we played away at West Brom in the Cup, in the third round of the Cup, it was probably my best ever game for West Ham and it was, a, it, it was just one of those days. 
Uh, and they had a free kick in the, in the first half. And Gary, little Gary Owen, who used to play at Manchester City, he took this free kick. And we had a wall, and it was right just outside the box. And um, it deflected off the wall. It was, going, it was going into the corner, but it was deflected. It would, and it deflected it up a foot, another foot, 18 inches higher. And I'd already dived. And I, I don't know how I did it, but I just actually turned in midair and flicked it over the, flipped it over the top. And Gary Owen came over to me and he, afterwards and he said, how the hell did you stop that? <laughs> and I was truthful. I said, I ain't got a flick. In the <laughs> <laughs> I said, but I did. <laughs> and, and I think that's probably as... as Probably the most important one, obviously, because then, had I not done that, we yeah, were not yeah. in the cup. So, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. extraordinary. Any, uh, any, uh, Steve, you've got it. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of names spending around the next West Ham manager. What would be your nightmare and your dream appointment? My uh, nightmare. The question Ooh. is, the question is, uh, who would be your nightmare appointment as next West Ham manager, and who would be your dream appointment? Um, my my nightmare appointment, and I think we might all agree on this, would be Neil Warnock. <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Colin Good Wanker. Call. Good call. Colin Wanker. Magic. He is. He is. He is. In his. In his. <laughs> In his own mind, he is the most underrated manager in the whole world. <laughs> He's useless. Um, but to be, to be honest, I mean, I, I would just like to see someone come in who's got the same kind of ethics that we all have, that, that, that wants to see football played. Um, you know, don't, don't be scared of, of playing football and losing because the fans will still love you for that. Yeah. But, but, but go out there, entertain us. There are so many names that are being banded around now. I mean, Billich, I could almost—I I never knew him as a player. He was before, my, after my time. Sorry, so, so I never knew him. But I would think that what Kuman and, and uh, Gary Monk have done in the Premiership this year—two young mm-hmm. managers—I would think I'd like to think that he could come in because he knows he knows the West Ham way, and and and, he, and with Cro- it was Croatia, wasn't it? Yeah, he played some lovely football with Croatia, so I think that he would might have the right ethic about it, uh, and. It's, until until you actually give him a chance, you don't know. You could get Alex Ferguson back out of retirement, put him in our side, and it might not work. So you, you know you've got a, it's it's a big gamble. Whatever happens. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. The question is, if Julian Dix was taking a penalty against you, do you think you'd get a hand on his pens? I'll get out of the way just in case you hit me. Fuck me, have you seen how hard he hit it? I'll give you... This, this, is, this is one of the funniest stories you, you learn. This has actually happened when, when the Poison Dwarf was manager and we were up at Sheffield United. Um, we, uh, yes, that's for, for those of you who are on initiated, yeah, yeah. Mr McCarry. But he... Um, Julian had to take the penalty. We went we up to Sheffield United and they were top of the... I think they might have top or second in the league and we were just below them. And... Now, that's a long time ago. It was. It was uh, 89. And um, we had a penalty. So Julian's taking the penalty, put the ball down. I'm standing on the edge of the box. Gailey and Alvin are on the bed. Everyone else has gone up. They're all around the edge. They're all around the box. Uh, they had two players standing on the halfway line as well. Julian's hit this penalty. 
It's hit the bar. It's hit it so hard. It's hit the bar. It's cleared everybody. It's, bound, it's, it's actually landed in our half. It's come off the bar. It's gone over everybody's head. This is, this is the truth. And I'm sort of standing there watching it. I'm thinking... And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, shit. They, they, got, they got two of their forwards charging, charging, yeah, yeah, charging forward towards you. And Gail, well, Gail is never going to catch him, is he? No, so no. he's gone. But Alvin, bless him, Alvin's quick. And yeah, he managed yeah. to get back and, have, and, and, and tackle. And I've never, ever seen a ball struck as no, hard as no. that. I, I, I did a thing with Julian on Friday, and I, met, I, rem, I, I told him... I remember, to him and he went oh she said I do yeah, remember yeah. that he said he was just strolling back laughing he said like you know what was happening <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah um, Julian, Julian or Ray Stewart who would you Ray Stewart Ray yeah, yeah. Ray. but it's amazing we've got two such incredible oh, amazing things. I mean Dex yeah. was just unbelievable was, with a pen he was he? Ray, Ray was the, the most cool man you'd ever yeah, when, yeah. when you think of the the, uh, the quarter final against Aston Villa when he slotted that mm-hmm. one at the end, and then the, sem- oh, the yes, uh, final yeah. at Wembley when he sent Ray Clements the wrong way. Yeah, yeah you asked yeah. Ray where he was going to put the ball before he kicked it. He never knew. No, he just no. used to make yeah. his mind up when he was running up for the ball. Yeah, and that makes yeah. it even the more pressure on that. The pressure yeah. on that Villa kick. I mean, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, but it just yeah, never yeah. faced him, and you know he never practiced them. Never practiced really? penalties. So you never kind of said, I never Ray, ever, we, yeah. I, never, me. I never ever faced a penalty in training from Ray Stewart. Never ever. But he used to put he used to put two cones in the goal and practice putting them in there, and that's all he would do. Nothing else. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's why Mark Noble doesn't practice penalties either. He's taken the kind of a yeah, yeah. It's probably it's probably yeah. wise. You know, if you kick a ball, if you, yeah, Mark Noble's record is excellent. If, yeah. If you, I mean, if you kick a ball well, I don't know how much help practice is gonna no. give you. It might actually fuck with your head. That's right. You can, and the thing is, if you go in there and save, start saving the penalties with him, he's yeah. gonna put doubt in his mind. I if mean, we think, used to, if we you used think to you do, can put a ball where where it's intended to go. You know, probably don't need to practice. Well, that, we used to know. do shooting practice uh, uh, in training, and um, I'd, I used to love shoot. I loved used to, used to love this, and I'd get in because it was like a, a, a battle against me against all the forwards. And I'd and depending on John, John and I used to be in there, and he'd go right. You go, you come over to me, you go, that's it enough. In you go. I went, what do you mean? No, in you go. And he'd send me in because I was stopping too many. You know, seriously, he did. He said, "He said you're going to destroy their confidence." He said, "I." And he, bring, he used to bring one of the young goalkeepers in, the young youth team goalkeepers, and they'd fly in. Yeah, you know. that's probably why. I was yeah. gutted because I used yeah, to yeah. love it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So. Obviously, you, you, were, you were there a long time. Um, who was, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, go on. Just to ask you, what was your ideal back four all the time that you were there in front of you? <laughs> well, obvi- well, it obviously, it'd obviously be Alvin and Bonzo, Ray Stewart. I mean, it's a bit unfair on Gailey because Gailey came in um, later on, and I think that they were probably as um, as good as a central defenders that I'd ever played. But I couldn't leave Bonzo out of it. You know, I could always put Bonzo in midfield anyway, or right yeah. back. He could play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only place he didn't play was in goal. Play I think. everywhere, yeah. But yeah. he was amazing. Uh, to me, I've often said this that to me is 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 is, is as influential as Bobby Moore yeah. in yeah. the history yeah. of West Ham. Yeah. I think he's an amazing man. Yeah. Um, and, so, I mean, so and so the left back was always a problem. But I played most of my time with Frank, uh, and so I would have to say. Frank was a, a very, very good, honest defender. Um, the only thing that I would say was that Dev kept him going for years because he did a lot of his running, Alan Devonshire. You know, he's <laughs> yeah, up and yeah. down. Uh, so it's a difficult one, but I would always have to say Frank. 
yeah. and Ray and, and, and Billy and Alvin. Yeah, with, that, well, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I think we've got time for one last question. Yeah, yeah. I... Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> what was the, uh, in your opinion, in training, of course, yes. what was our most effective and predator-like attack? What was our most effective Ooh. and predator-like attack is the question. It's a good one, because, I mean, I played with two, two um, amazing um, sides, really, in the 80s and then the 86. Uh, and t- we told the different strikers. You had in the, 80, in, in the 81, you had David Cross and Pop Robson when I first came to the club. And then you had Paul Goddard came in after Pop Robson went. And then in 86, then you had, obviously, Frank McAverney and Tony Cotty. And I think the thing is... The most I love this man. I think is the most one of the most underrated centre forwards in the whole history of West Ham, and that's David Cross. David I Cross, love him yeah, 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 absolutely. I, yeah, I, yeah. I love him to death for the for the work rate yeah. that he used to put in. He was absolutely yeah. amazing. I think a lot Mate, of us and he scored some yeah. fan, fabulous yeah. goals yeah. as well. Absolutely. And he'd been around a lot of clubs, and he said that when he came to the club. When he, yeah, well, yeah. He, he had one with Pop and then with yeah, Paul Goddard but, but, that, but obviously I think the strike partnership of Tony Cotty and Frank yeah. is an amazing partnership yeah. Who's this, Crossy? Yeah. yeah. Well, Crossy, Crossy, he would dish out, he would get a lot of stick, and he would take a lot of stick as well. Uh, and that was what was, was fabulous about him. But he also worked tirelessly for everybody else. He, he made things, made a lot of things for other people. He'd make runs. In the cup final, for instance, he, he kept the back four occupied. He run his heart out that day. So Craig's you know? got another question here. Wait, one more. <laughs> Yes. Um, I, I think it, it's a situation that we're probably never ever going to know the truth about because Bill will never talk about it. Bill, Bill doesn't. Bill, I think Bill made it fairly clear that he was kind of stabbed in the back there with Harry, um, and. I don't know. I honestly don't know because I mean, it, yeah, it, it really is. Bill will not talk about it. He's never spoken to Harry since, and this was a man who was a guy who was his best man at his wedding, yeah. you know. So that you, and Bill, Bill, kind as I say, is the, honest, the most That's, honest man. That sort of tells the story. Though, it tells it? the whole story. Because Bill Billy Bonds is the most honest man you will ever meet in your whole life. Yes, he would. He, 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 he's almost the George Washington thing. I can't tell a lie, and he really is. Well, Harry, watch out, Harry. Well, I think Harry would make a fabulous. Uh, um, no, no, leader for the uh, for, for FIFA. I'll be brilliant. Oh. Yeah, no. Absolutely amazing. Imagine the size of the brown envelopes that be coming over that channel. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, Rob Banks uh, is approaching the microphone. Uh, uh, he's talking gonna... about talking about Billy Bonds uh, just now I, I live quite near uh, Bill and I actually saw him in our local shopping centre and uh, I wanted to go up to him and get my photograph taken with him and so I said oh no I'm too I'm too um, too nervous my wife was saying no go on go on go on I said no um, he's a very private man I don't want to disturb he's, he's just out shopping but what I really wanted to say to him was thank you 
for all the memories and everything. And I want to take this opportunity tonight to say to you, Phil Park, thank you for everything that you you. gave us. Thank you very much. But you should. You actually, you actually should have gone. You actually should have gone up to Bill it's and not, said it's that. It's not about the selfies. It's no, about but, but Bill, Bill would appreciate that so much because he's, a, he's genuine as well. Yeah. Yes, that, that, that's Rob Banks who, uh, who wrote an irrational hatred of Luton, uh, West Ham till I die, and uh, uh, the legacy of Barry Green, uh, uh, who has been watching uh, West Ham as long as we have, and sort of meeting meeting our heroes like this, people that we've stood with thirty thousand other people and just watched since we were sort of kids. Uh, you know, you are you know you are one of those guys, and I'm wrapping things up now. Um, Jim's crying. Uh, <laughs> It's always a massive thrill to us no, to get our true, heroes on this I mean, podcast. Doing this, you know. Know, when you asked me years ago to come and do this podcast with you, I mean, I didn't really sort of think about it. Jim's talking to me now. Yes, yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to all of you as well. It is an incredible privilege to meet people who, who just, in my youth, you are my heroes. Yes, that's right. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I work it's in the entertainment industry and I've sort of met a lot of uh, I've met a lot of you know well-known people in the entertainment industry and they're, but they're they're not people who sort of can't do what I you know I think we can all do what they do sports people can't do what we do they can't do what 99% of the people you know in the world can do they're that top bunch of people that just do everything better than the rest of us can and uh, and and you know it it uh, We've got a massive thrill out of meeting the boys from 86 and, and, and the other uh, ex-West Ham players we've had on. But, uh, you know, as I said earlier, uh, you, you were literally the best in your position of all the ones we've met. And that's just, you know, amazing. It's like, you know, we've just sort of watched you making a double save and just smiling at Alvin and just smiling at the other guys. And it really is a privilege, Phil. It's just fantastic. And uh, so I'm going to wrap it up. And uh, so with me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. Don the Don Peretta. Thank you, Phil. And West Ham legend Phil Parks. Thank you very much, all of you. Thank you. Uh, I've absolutely loved it. Thank you very much. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.